All right, ladies and gentlemen, you're about to embark on a very interesting journey down memory lane. This is a broadcast that consists of great memories, knowledge, and fun. We call it Hitting the Mark. My name is Ray Carr, along with Sydney Verbalin, and the star of our show, Jeffrey Mark. Jeffrey, take it away. Hi there. You know, this time we've got something a little bit different. We've been talking about all the wonderful, talented, sometimes quirky people I've known and loved and worked with in the business of show. But this time we're going to be talking about an actual show because there are so many stories to tell about, drum roll please, the Patty Duke show. And you guys are going to have a ball listening because boy, do I have stories about this show. Patty Duke show was a germ started because of the phenomenon of a movie about twin sisters who had been separated at birth, both played by Haley Mills. It was a wonderful film with Brian Keith and Maureen O'Hara and Haley Mills. And it did so well. Every kid in America saw it. Every kid who had divorced parents saw it. I understand that uh, Lucy Arnaz and Desi Arnaz Jr. used to make their parents watch it to try and get them back together again. I saw Parent Trap. It was great. It was a wonderful film. So the idea of one actor playing dual roles, that wasn't brand new. There had been other films previous to that, but technology had changed. They'd figured out a way to really get both people in the same frame where it really did look like they were there together. And that was a germ of an idea that came to Sidney Sheldon, who had been a big time movie producer and writer and was no longer really working in films any longer. He wanted to get into television. And my buddy, William Asher, who had been uh, director of I Love Lucy and uh, the Dinah Shore Chevy show and Shirley Temple storybook time and, and had just finished directing Elizabeth Montgomery in a wonderful, wonderful film noir that most folks don't know much about, but she's wonderful in it. And, and Bill's direction was wonderful. And Ms. Montgomery and Bill had a relationship during that film. You need to know that because it's part of the story of the Patty Duke show. The other end of it is that Patty Duke had just become the phenom of the 60s by appearing on Broadway as Helen Keller and then taking her performance to the screen and, and just knocking it out of the park so that she had become the go-to young talent of the moment. So her managers, the Rosses, wanted to capitalize on that. They loved the idea of a weekly series for Patty. Uh, Patty was a stage name. Her name was Anna. And pretty much everybody who knew her referred to her that way. So let's call her Anna because it would make her happy. So Anna is a teenager. She's living in New York. So they have a star. They have creators. They have a director, Bill Asher. Now they needed money. So Bill went to his best friend. And his best friend at that moment in time was Peter Lawford. Peter and Bill had adjoining 
beach properties in Malibu and spent a great deal of their leisure time at their beach houses and you know, hanging out and drinking and having fun and womenizing together. Bill got involved with the Kennedy family. Bill directed all of the television things President Kennedy did, including that infamous Marilyn Monroe happy birthday thing. Again, you need to know all of this to understand the stories behind the Patty Duke show. So they called the production company Chris Law for Peter's son, Christopher Lawford, who himself became an actor and an author. And there they were. They rounded out by having to cast people who would work in New York. So Gene Byron agreed to play the mother and be there. My friend, William Shallert, although he'd already moved to California, commuted to go back there to be the father. And I'm going to draw a blank. Paul's last name, who played her brother, who played her brother, Ross, was appearing on Broadway every night in Oliver. And he would uh, shoot the series during the day and then go to Broadway and appear at night. So that's, that's where the cast came from. Uh, there were problems. There were problems from the beginning. There were problems from day one. The Rosses fought for control. The Rosses wanted to direct Anna. And Bill Asher said, I'm the director, get the hell out. You brought her to the studio. You're here to protect her interests. That's all you get. So there was tension between the production company and the Rosses from the beginning. Anna, although no one knew it, was bipolar. And that caused problems. You know, a teenage girl going through hormonal things and being bipolar is not the most stable human being in the world. She had to do double the work because she was playing two characters. And she had to play the two characters with special effects so that she could be seen playing opposite herself. And her hours are restricted somewhat by her age. In New York, they do not have the same laws they have in California. The same laws about how many hours somebody under the age of 18 can work. More, but not a full day. And she had to pretend to take classes and, and get an education, although she really didn't. So that, that was the first rub. Second rub is their producer, Peter Lawford, was reeling. The Patty Duke show was put together before President Kennedy was assassinated. But once he was, Peter Lawford completely fell apart. And really, although he did some films and did some television and was a king of password, uh, you almost never saw him where he wasn't intoxicated on something. And eventually Peter died from, from drugs and alcohol, basically. So the man who was producing, after a while, nobody was home. The lights were on, but nobody was home. Then you have your director. Bill Asher was still married, although separated from his first wife. Bill had three romances going on at the same time. One with Phyllis Coates, 
who was the first Lois Lane on the Adventures of Superman TV series. In fact, Phyllis appears on the Patty Duke show early on. Uh, one with another woman. If I told you her name, you wouldn't know who she was. So I don't want to embarrass her. And Elizabeth Montgomery. In fact, Bill's life, his personal life, was almost like a French farce. He literally, he was staying in a, in a luxury suite in a hotel in New York because his home was in Los Angeles that had bedrooms. And he literally, each bedroom opened out to a hallway and into the living room. And he'd have two different women enter two different bedrooms on opposite sides of the suite, not knowing the other one was there. And he would literally go to one bedroom, enjoy her company for a while, excuse himself, go to the other bedroom and rinse and repeat. And I literally mean rinse and repeat. This sounds like little big man. Walk yeah. in one tent, leave, go to the second tent. He was in the midst of a nervous breakdown. How did he have that much energy? I mean, they haven't that many bullets in a gun to do that. For me. <laughs> Bill, Bill was, and I got to watch my words carefully here, quite the ladies' man. Uh, I, I'm talking from personal experience. Uh, Bill in his 70s, I go out to dinner with him. And his much younger, pretty wife. And str total strange women would come up to the table and throw themselves at him. Some of them knew he was Bill Asher and hoped he had a lot of money, but it was just this, this magnetism. I've never seen anyone, you know, I, I've seen Tom Jones do that on stage and I've seen him in person work his magic where he's Tom could be very heavy handed on trying to seduce a woman in front of me. But Bill did nothing but have his dessert. He was just sitting there talking with me. And these ladies would come over and throw, I mean, offer him sex, come home with me. Hmm. That blatant. They weren't even charming about it. And they weren't sex workers. They were just women who wanted him. Everywhere we went, every restaurant, every bar, every store, it was the same thing. Whether his wife was there or not. Sometimes he would joke, all right, do you have a, do you have a fella for my friend here? Um, which would embarrass his wife because she was very homophobic. Uh, so he was doing it to get the girls to leave us and also to embarrass his wife a little bit because it was fun. Um, because, because Bill was very open-minded. His best friend was Paul Lind after a while. Uh, he didn't care about gay folks one way or the other. If he liked you as a person, you were in with him. And Bill and I were very close. So we had this thing. Well, the third part of it is that Liz comes to New York and tells Bill she's pregnant. Well, he's got Phyllis Coates in this bedroom and somebody else in this bedroom and Liz in his living room. I don't necessarily mean literally all at once on this day. Other days, yes. But like, what does he do? She does not want an abortion. She needs to, you know, clean this up. And she loved Bill. She really did love him. They all did. People just adored Bill Asher. Um, I don't know anyone except maybe ex-wives who didn't. I, I've never heard bad about him, except from Anna. 
Anna really felt that that Bill's behavior put the show at risk early on. Uh, he would show up stoned on something. He would show up not focused. Uh, he literally called people chicky baby, which he thought, Anna thought that Bill's behavior was almost a parody of a Hollywood producer director. So this went on for several episodes. While everyone is trying to get used to each other, learn their roles, learn their characterizations, they're playing with, it's hard by voice only to describe to you what they had to do to get Patty Duke to be in the same scene twice. But basically they had to shoot the film once, Patty talking to herself. They'd have to uh, get the film processed. Then there would be shot shown behind her. She stood in front of the process shot and then answered. It's very time consuming, very disconcerting for an actor. Uh, interestingly, Elizabeth Montgomery ended up doing that on Bewitched when she played Samantha and Serena, the same yeah. kind of thing, except with them, it wasn't every single week. Here, it was almost every scene. And uh, it was hard. It was hard. And Bill wasn't carrying his weight. And eventually, they all came to an agreement. Bill was going to go to the West Coast and marry Liz. He was not going to direct the show anymore. And although he continued to profit from the show, even the created by, they took his name off. They were, they were afraid he was heading for really bad times and didn't want the show tainted by it. So if you watch the credits over the course of the first season and second season, it originally says created by Sidney Sheldon and William Asher. And after a while, it says created by Sidney Sheldon. So this poor show got off to a really, really bad start. Uh, sideways, Bill Asher did go back to L.A. He pulled himself together and went from having a nervous breakdown to directing, co-producing, and honestly, although he gets no credit for it, co-creating Bewitched and all of those beach blanket movies, the Frankie and Annette. So he went from nervous breakdown to working constantly 12 months out of the year on one of the biggest hit TV shows and films that we're still watching today that every kid went to the drive-in to watch. This is Hitting the Mark. I am Cindy Verbalin with Ray Carr and our star, the Mark, Jeffrey Mark. <laughs> 